What's happening, weirdos? <laughs> kind of a sleepy one. I, I didn't know we were recording. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I just wanted to say we start out sleepy, but we really find it. Yeah. And we had a great chat. Yeah, this was this was a really good one. So don't give up hope if we sound a little smoky and not smoky, but foggy. Foggy. Mm. Smoke, smoke, fog, smoke, fog. Yeah. Smog. <laughs> Whoa. Smog. <laughs> yeah. Is smoky smoke- fog. Oh, my God. It's like polluted fog. We're already learning. Well, Um, I already knew that because I lived in Bakersfield. (laughs) Well, uh, this is a great chat. I'm not just saying it. I found it healing and loving and funny and fun. So if you love this podcast, it's 42. Yeah. That's as old as you. my age. If you love this uh, podcast as much as we do and you want to show your support, it means so much if you want to try a Pete's and Val's pick. Uh, our, feast, our, our first Pete's pick is Me Undies. Which one am I wearing? I'm wearing my... Drum roll. Oh, I love this one. They're like hedgehogs. They're hedgehogs with a hot pink background. Yeah. Me Undies are the most comfortable underwear that I've ever owned. They're made from incredibly soft micro-modal fabric. Both Val and I heard about them on another podcast that they were sponsoring, and we just did a complete underwear overhaul. Uh, I'd say top to tails, but it's just the tails. Although they have great lounge pants and onesies as well. Uh, so if you care about underwear, I mean, you should. What's something that you wear that you can't see but can make or break your day? If you guessed undies, you're probably having a lot of good days. Seriously, there's a reason your underwear is the first thing you put on, and Me Undies believes you should be comfortable at your core. That's why they make the softest undies in fun prints, so you can wake up every morning excited to put on your favorite pair. So say bon voyage. Nice. To the undies you used to know. Just the undies that I used to know. Because comfort starts with Me Undies. Me Undies are designed to be the softest thing you've ever worn. I mean, their signature micro modal fabric literally grows from trees. Sustainably sourced undies? Yeah. Say less. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Like, instead of say more? Say less. Like, you don't even need to say any more because I'm already sold. They offer different cuts for different butts, ranging from sizes extra small to 4XL. I like to get the 3XL. Uh, I'm a 40 waist, if that helps you, uh, just because that's the fit I like. So whether you're looking for classic colors or adventurous prints, MeUndies has you covered. And MeUndies has a great offer for weirdos. Any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. That MeUndies has a problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they will refund or exchange it. No caveats and no questions. So to get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, and show your support of this podcast, go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. Yeah, dude. We're in the flood, dude. We're in the you flood, mentioned, dude. You mentioned ritual in I did episode. mention because vitamin D3 comes up. Yeah. And I get my vitamin D3 oh. from Ritual. Ritual is the multivitamin that both Val and Iris as well, our nanny, take in the mornings. It's wonderful. It has so much of what we need, so much as a vegan that I don't get from my diet in the pills, wonderful way to start my day and feel ready to start my day. We deserve to know what we're putting into our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. What you won't find is sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh minty taste, I love the minty taste, and delayed-release capsule designed 
to make taking your vitamins easy. I love that I can take these on an empty stomach because I do intermittent fasting. So in the morning, I'm not eating. And I take these uh, multivitamins, the ritual multivitamins. And because of the delayed release, it waits until it's in my lower intestine to break down. So it doesn't make me nauseous as other uh, vitamins have made me nauseous and in fact have made me yak. It doesn't do that. It's completely safe for an empty stomach. As I mentioned, D3 and vitamin B12, which is wonderful for your hair. It's wonderful for energy. These are things that are hard to get on the vegan diet, and uh, Ritual helps me fill those gaps with no shady extras. Uh, It's just two daily pills, and you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they're coming from, thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain, and now they're available for women, men, and teens. Ritual's multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping and incredibly minimal packaging, which I really appreciate. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual for your first within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So Get the key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today and show your support of the podcast. That's ritual.com slash weird. Nice. Weird. Very nice. Last but certainly not least is Sunday, who a company that is completely redone and revitalized and revolutionized our lawn care. I was never a big lawn care person. In fact, I was intimidated by it. But Sunday literally does everything for you. They do analysis of your lawn with satellite photos online within seconds. And using it is as simple as hooking up a spray bag onto your hose and it's like watering your lawn, but you're giving your lawn everything it needs and nothing it doesn't. So see your lawn thrive this summer with your own custom lawn care plan from Sunday. It's more than just a lawn care product. It's a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you grow a beautiful lawn, control weeds, and remove pests, uh, which is what we did. We got the Mosquito Delito add-on. Now we can sit on our porch. It used to be that you'd be nibbled the whole time thanks to this. No more bugs. I love it. They take all of the guesswork out and the unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, better for pets, and better for the planet. Uh, Sunday makes taking care of your lawn easier than ever. Just go to GetSunday.com, put in your home address, and their free lawn analysis tool will take care of the rest all in seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data to con- to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs, and as I said, nothing it doesn't. It's made with ingredients that you can actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, and molasses, so you can grow better and feel better about it. Sunday explains exactly what you get and why, and everything is waiting at your door when you need it. All I had to do is attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. Lawn care used to take up the whole day. Now it takes less than 15 minutes. Best of all, it really works. Our grass has never looked greener. Our neighbor's grass, we got them on it, has never looked greener. The whole street. We're, we're not stopping till the whole street is going to use Sunday. If you'd like to try, go to uh, Let Sunday Take the Guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn without the dry patches, the dead brown spots, or the pesky weeds, or the nibbling grubs. Uh, go to Get 
sunday.com slash weird sorry slash weird to get 20% off your custom lawn plan at checkout that's $20 off your custom plan at get sunday.com slash weird and show your support of this podcast all right guys we're so glad that you're here we loved this chat if you get 10% as much as I got out of it you're going to shit your pants thank you my love (laughs) why don't you give it give it a get into it get into it Nice. <laughs> I do mine hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Feeling good as hell. Are you feeling good as hell? I'm feeling sleepy as fuck. Yeah, me too. I'm going to adjust the microphone sensitivity. Something I should do if I took this podcast seriously. But I really do. I'm only joking to titillate. Take a break and go to the bathroom and I promptly masturbate. Okay. Uh, oh, no, we want input. Here we are. Mostly I do this for you. I love how, how I adjust the mic basically to face you and then I'm just loud. Yeah, but you would have been loud anyway. Yeah, no, it's not to compensate. It's just yeah, we're on a very weird couch. <laughs> you would look so uncomfortable on I this am, couch. I'm uncomfortable on most. If you you know that couch we have in my office, which is the yeah. the Nissan Verano. Verano. I believe it's Crate and Barrel Verano. I thought it was Verona. I'm pretty sure it's the Verano. Okay. And I. Uh, it's a very deep-seated... Jo- uh, well, my joke is I have a deep-seated love of that sofa, mm. but I, it's also very deep-seated. <laughs> yes. So it's incredibly hard to get off of. Uh-huh. But who wants to get off a couch? Yeah, if it's good enough, you don't want to get off. Is this a is this a futon? This is this like a is, folded... This is a special thing. So we're in a guest house of an Airbnb that we're staying at in north of L.A., <laughs> We can say, oh, hi. I know. I just was teasing you. because I know. Um, there was something about, I don't know. But this couch, I want to say, is something. It, couch is generous. Yeah. This is like a portable kind of. like. It's God's pin cushion folded in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Meaning it's a tiny, tiny cushion to the Lord. And you can't straighten your legs, no, but they're too... I don't want to be comfortable. Okay. That's why comedy and podcasting, it's good to be... And church. Because we can move this chair around. Again, things we should have done before we hit record. Here's what somebody sent me that I love. It's, um... I guess it was... A, is this a gram or a tweet? It looks like a tweet. A tweet that somebody grammed. Maglio. Maglio Jen. At Maglio Jen tweeted this. Jennifer Meg something. Her name is so long. The slightly irreverent gets the headline. Jennifer Meg, and then it's done. <laughs> uh, so she translated Smash Mouth's All Star uh, into Aramaic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then back into English. Aramaic, for those who aren't <laughs> super cool, <laughs> is what Jesus spoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that thought it was Greek, your children in my eyes. Remember? When children! I, I or was, Hebrew? I laugh at you! <laughs> Remember, this is where I just like first heard the word Aramaic, was when... The um, Passion of the Christ came yeah, out. Yeah, and everyone yeah. was like, it's an Aramaic. It's an Aramaic. Which sounds like kind of like Klingon. I'm, I, yeah. I'm not trying to put down Aramaic or Klingon, but it's very like... It has like yeah. a little knock knock to it. Yeah, it's a little knock knock. And that was... I mean, that's weird. 
right? That they did it. I could understand using a very... Well, what I mean is I'm suspicious of that move because it feels like a... I don't know. It feels like telling someone that the wine they're drinking once belonged to Charlie Chaplin. You know what I mean? It it doesn't really add value. It's just sort of like intellectual value. Yeah, that's true. And, like, I feel like most of the... Okay, this is terrible. Is this Mel Gibson shots fired? No. Is that where we're going? No. Those are acceptable. I don't even know if I want to say this. I'm going to say it really fast, and then I'm going to take it back immediately. Okay. (laughs) I feel like... Most of the people who are going to be into that movie are not going to be the type of people who are going to be into reading subtitles. <laughs> I take uh, it back. You don't have to take that back. Just feels that. But you know what? It's mostly. It's mo- I, There's a way to say this funny, <laughs> but I'm just going to say it. It's mostly sounds of suffering. It's not a lot of reading. <laughs> it's actually really, really synchronicitous. That we said that because when I sat on this terrible sofa, mm-hmm. the first thing this little, you know, uh, former evangelical thought was this is how the ancient peoples of Jesus' time would eat. They would eat on a very low table like this uh-huh. and they'd be in a reclined position. And Valerie, mm-hmm. you brought up, well, I brought up Aramaic. Yeah. But that was after I sat down. Mm-hmm. I saw the email that somebody sent me on Instagram. And in that movie, The Passion of the Christ, Jesus, who's a carpenter, uh, makes a table, a high table. Oh. And they're like, who's going to eat at that? And that little, one of the few moments of levity in that movie Mm. is a reference to how they would sit like we're sitting. Oh, wow. And that a table that we sit at would have been preposterous Uh because you'd have to make really high chairs, which would have looked ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why be that high, I guess? Yeah. Why are we elevating everything up for no reason, putting it on stilts? I think it's just another attempt to be further from our animal side. Yeah. Like, look, we're in a chair. Yeah. Although it is more comfortable. I love chairs. (laughs) I hate this. I hate how I'm sitting. All right. So the person who who sent this to me. Um, Dr. Fishman. <laughs> Dr. Fishman, no! That's a Batman reference. I improvised that his fish was named Dr. Fishy. Okay. Um, so somebody asked me to translate my favorite song, which is why Dr. Fishman sent this to me, uh, All Star by Smash Mouth, into Aramaic, and then back into English. I love this already. And this is how we're starting. Uh, okay. There once... There was one who said unto me that the universe was going to cause me to tremble. (laughs) (laughs) So that somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. That is fantastic. There was one who said unto me the universe was going to cause me to tremble. (laughs) That I am not the sharpest cutting implement in the storehouse. (laughs) She had the appearance unto me as a stupid one with her finger and her thumb. Perfect. But that's just, that's that's a one for one. Yeah. In the frame of a Greek gamma upon her forehead. Oh, my God. Behold, the years start coming and do not cease from coming. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Now it's in two. I have to find it. And the years... Uh, where did it go? Fed. 
fed into the axioms and I fell into the earth and ran. Oh my god. <laughs> it was not acceptable if not to live for the sake of pleasurable things. Your brain increases increases its wisdom, but your heart increases its stupidity. <laughs> a great amount to do, a great amount to see, therefore there is no difficult problem if we take the streets of the backside. <laughs> You will not know if you do not go. You will not shine if you do not glow. Pretty good. Yeah. Behold, currently you are you are entirely a star child. Ooh. Begin your power. Go laugh. <laughs> Wait. Get your game on. Go, go play. play. Interesting. Go Behold, laugh. currently you are a master of the music. Begin your singing. Acquire your wages. Get oh paid. Oh my god. All oh, that sparkles is gold. Comets alone shatter the frame. What? <laughs> Like, I feel like very beautiful. Uh, her Instagram, I can't, well, no, that's just the person. It's, it's Maglio Jen on Twitter. Um, I love how Did stressful love those it? credits were for you. I know. I, I'm like, <laughs> I've been in the sun a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's so hot. And I'm just, and I it's, it's like a hundred and like it's 110 degrees. It's not really. It's 100 degrees. And I'm just feeling mellow yellow. Yeah, me too. I really want to get your body comfortable. Oh, I think we God, can do did it. Did you hear that? Yeah. Wait, I'll sit on the ground. That'll be better. No, I think just pull this out and then you can straighten your legs. That's not what's happening. I need to be near the microphone. Okay. All right. Don't worry. I'll be uncomfortable. No, sit on the floor. What's... I'm going to read from... Or in that chair. I That chair can... is not... That chair is not for me. How do you know? Did you sit in it? Look at that chair. Look <laughs> I, at that chair. I'm that chair at it. is I for like Andy be... Warhol. Uh, no. Sitting cross-legged in a light slack. I think that... Sipping a Cosmo made of gasoline. <laughs> but he loves it. I think that you... It, it looks like it would be surprisingly comfortable. The world is not made for me, Valerie. Beds are too short. I know. Shower. Don't no, make you sad. I just wanted to riff on it. I'm, I, I'm okay. Look, I watch look. you be too big for this world look all the this. time. Oh, that's nice. There you go. But now I feel too far from the microphone. I look at the lines. I think. You're I think you're right. Doing fine. Okay. <laughs> look at it's, when I talk, and then when you. Talk. I know, Valerie. <laughs> It's like a Richter scale. That's me walking and the other one's you walking. <laughs> I'm a large I'm a large man. We were looking for questions and we didn't really find any. We just found so many sweet messages. Oh, you guys are the sweetest. Lovely, kind people. And so many beautiful recommendations. Like thank you all. I we even if we can't reply to all of them, um, I do often look up the books and shows and podcasts that, that you all recommend. Uh, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, man, I accepted that. So I thought that they would show up. I did get a couple, um, book requests. BRs. BRs that I thought might be interesting to other people. And I wanted to give the people the credit but um, I might just have to say, I know one of them was for um, body embodiment stuff. So like I just, somebody asked you. Yeah, like a book, book recommendations for if you wanted to learn more about embodiment. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I haven't read but I've heard is amazing is The Body Keeps a Score, which I can't remember who that's by. Wow, that's a haunting premise. Yeah. And I think it's true. 
Yeah, it is. It is true. Um, the other one is. Oh, I can give an update on 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 uh, on uh, family vacation gate because oh, what yeah. brought, what that brought to mind is remember last week I was so stressed that my dad very kindly asked if we wanted to go on this trip. And I, I, it didn't feel right to me, and I, I didn't know how to say no. And then I talked about all the stress that that had. And so body keeps a score. Mm-hmm. The next morning I woke up and I just my shoulder was all fucked. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, it's really crazy when you get into that Val frequency and you just, you kind of assume that you slept on it wrong. Mm-hmm. But I really think you are pushing it out of your head. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to think about it. So that's what I always think. Like if I have a song, as I did last night, looping in my head over and over, I had um, on my telephone, which uh, I heard in a grocery store. And you even said. Which is an assault. That's yeah. an assault. <laughs> and you said you're like, I'm great, only, this will be in my head forever. Yeah, it will be. And it showed up just as I was getting sleepy and closing my eyes. Ugh. And uh, stop calling, stop calling. I don't, I don't mind. I love that. It song, is a good song. And that's that's kind of how I dealt with it last night. I was like, you know, if a dog is running for you, whistle for it, as yeah. we said last week. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just rock out to the song. It's fine. And don't resist and, and, and yield and surrender. And, and I think it worked because I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Usually, if I have a song looping in my head, and this goes to the shoulder pain, uh, it's not that I just happen to have a song stuck in my head. It's because my brain doesn't want to think about something. Mm-hmm. So it'll go like, here's the stop calling, stop yeah. calling song. So yeah. it's actually, it's like what we're always saying is that like anxiety, even like you know, on the verge of OCD repetitions mm-hmm. can be a self-preservational model. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand why my body will absorb the pain of my head and turn it into a knot in my shoulder, uh, what the good motive is there, other than these uh, energies just need to be reckoned with in some way or another. Yeah, I don't know either exactly. I have a couple guesses, though. I would think one is you're... you're sympathetic nervous system is being activated your fight flight or freeze so then you're you know it's like your bit like protect the neck protect the neck so then you're like getting tense and it's building yeah it doesn't know that i'm not under attack it's trying to protect you yeah Yeah. and then the uh, and who knows what i was dreaming about yeah that's the other thing that can be so psychically heavy yeah (laughs) about these seemingly Benign situations become like some tiger chase dream. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. The other thing I would think is, um, you know, just that your body is trying to send you a signal that you there's something to that needs to a feeling that needs to be felt so that it can well, come up and out. Totally. And to that, I <laughs> I got gas the other day, and then I licked my hand. Mm-hmm. And it tasted like gas. Mm-hmm. And I said to my body, I was like, I don't know if this worked or not, but I went, look, we're about to go to Ohio and slow down. So I'm going to spend all this time listening to you. Yeah. So you don't need to get me sick. Whether or not this is like literally factually how things work, yeah. I don't know. But I am aware of a phenomenon. Steve Martin writes about this in his book, too. When I have something I have to do, mm-hmm. I won't get sick. Mm-hmm. And then when I do have time to slow down mm-hmm. and I'm not planning on slowing down, often my body will make me sick to be like, flatten them out like yeah. uh, phantom thread. 
but it's yeah. my own body feeding me poison mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. I also wanted to say, even the having the song in your head to prevent thinking about something that you don't want to think about, I think is our body's great wisdom. And I yeah. was reminded this week that I will often, if I'm having like a very emotional week or something, or I have a really profound but intense therapy session, specifically if there's like trauma stuff that comes up, that I will almost immediately following get brain fog for several days. Mm. And and my wonderful therapist, Jennifer Murdaka, um, mentioned like that I was really seeing that as a problem. And she was like, this, this doesn't seem like a problem to me. That seems really thoughtful that your mind is like, all right, enough. Yep. Like intake, let's just get kind of foggy. To- you are right in the groove that I'm in <laughs> on the rec- on the same record, same groove, <laughs> because I've been feeling really foggy lately. And I think it has a lot to do with these conversations I'm having with you mm-hmm. is like not just not resisting, but looking for the underlying wisdom that might be just another way my body's communicating with me. So I've been like, What's going on? Like, I go into my brain looking for my talent, which is like a scythe. It's like a, it's like a circular blade, and I love it. I pick it up, and I cut down funny wheat, and I bring it to audiences, and I bring it to you, and I bring it to scripts, and I love it. It's a thrill. It's an ego trip. It's a rush. And then lately, I've been going up there, and it's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what's going on? Mm. But because of these perspective-giving chats, mm-hmm. I've been going, okay. Mm-hmm. You are valid. I think the the Pete with his desires and his wants and his drives is the main and most important Pete. Mm-hmm. And every other aspect of Pete is in service of that Pete. Mm-hmm. And what you've really shown me, Val, is that no, they're all they're all kings and queens in there, and they <laughs> yeah. all deserve their shake. And if you don't give it to them. It'll either come out biologically. I don't mean like illness. I'm not trying to scare anybody. Mm. But it'll come out like a cold. Like, Mm -hmm. let's make him take a week off. Mm -hmm. Or I think it'll come out in the world. Like, you'll start subconsciously making wrong choices or doing things that you wouldn't normally do to set set yourself up for some sort of hiatus. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I've seen people do this where they sabotage jobs or they mm-hmm. or they sabotage relationships and i think that's what happens now we're in our one of our favorite spots which is the existential kink thing mm-hmm. is like you need to be you need to slow down yeah and that's what i thought that weird concussion i had that i talked too much about to talk about here again but that mm-hmm. was my even my circumstances going like slow down yeah slow yep. down you yeah. have to slow down and then last night lila got up at like 1130. Uh, 11.30. So we had been, I had just gotten the, the telephone song out of my head and mm-hmm. fallen into a deep sleep and got up with her. We both got up with her. I, for some, for some reason, volunteered to hold her. <laughs> and uh, then she wouldn't and then go she, back to me. Which was fine. Because once you have a real couch, you, you don't want this bullshit. No, I know. <laughs> and I think that's partly why I was like, Let, let's go ahead. Let's go to the like kind of gaudy basement sofa that's what I feel like my body is it's like too big too soft it's like a man cave sofa yeah and you're like that Andy Warhol chair very comfortable very aerodynamic and very comforting but uh you know once you go temper Pete temper Pete uh, you can't go back so anyway I was up with her for like two hours and it was rough it was a big big release 
And then after all of this rest we've been having, and I want to give the rest its due. I don't want to say the rest is only valuable because it leads to moments of uh, expansion. Mm. Contraction is valuable just for its own sake. Yeah. Even if it never leads to expansion, contraction mm-hmm. can sometimes just be an energy that you have to honor for a very long time. Yeah. And I just want to be careful of that Western capitalist, like, oh, we meditate because it helps us sleep. Yeah. It's like, nope, sometimes you just have to sit in this and not, not, it's like Bo Burnham's bed. Can you just shut the fuck up for 10 minutes? Can <laughs> yeah. you shut the fuck up for 10 minutes? And that's the point. It's mm-hmm. not so you can be more productive. It's not so you can focus. It's not so you can have clearer, more productive business relationships. It's for its own sake. Yeah. And even when it's rocky, it's still for its own sake. But that being said, all of this um, time of being foggy and then in the middle of the night led to like a really good uh, creative idea mm-hmm. that is a little too good to share here because I'd rather share it after it's, it's being made or something. Mm-hmm. But I was really kind of like, look at the world. Yeah. Look at all that fog. Yeah. Look at getting up. You already got up with Leela, and then I got up too, mm-hmm. and then she did want me, and mm-hmm. then I was up for two hours, and then rocking her, I got that space. The scythe was back mm. where I was holding her, but I was building a, we've talked about this before, a memory palace, mm-hmm. which is how you can remember a list of many things if you don't have a pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only is it valuable for when you're rocking a baby, it's good for any situation where you don't have access to a pen or or paper or or your phone. Um, Briefly, if you want to remember, like, uh, I have to, (laughs) I don't know, I have to get ice and bring it, and I also have to call my mom, Mm -hmm. right? And I also have to, don't forget to get that book, Crazy Rich Asians. (laughs) The way you do it is you visualize, this is what a memory palace is, if you're interested, I'm sure that there's books about it that I've read, but I can summarize it. Uh, You picture what it would actually feel like if when you go into your bedroom, which is what you're going to do next, you open the door and 10,000 gallons of ice falls on you. Mm. And you really try and imagine the shock of that. Mm. Like, make it as real as you can. Mm -hmm. It's cold, it's hard, it's loud. There's ice scattering everywhere. And then inside the ice, you picture your mom... Uh, like a Kermit phone, but it's made of your mom. Mm-hmm. Or like a Mickey Mouse phone, but it's your mom. So you remember you have to call your mom. And then you need to get the book Crazy Rich Agents. So you picture the, the mom is encased in the ice. And then the, the mom phone is on top of three... Asian uh, people throwing money around. But you really try to imagine how shocking it would be mm-hmm. to see that. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine how loud the yelling of the crazy rich Asians would be. And, and then that that makes much a much deeper imprint on you mm-hmm. than uh, than just going, I have three things to do. You could, mm-hmm. it's, it's really changed my life. It's yeah. helpful. You use it a lot. I do use it a lot. Um Okay, wait, I just want to go, I'm doing, we're doing the classic thing now where you've taken us in a million directions and I'm like, wait, the threads, the threads. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was trying to give some, I guess that's, yeah, I'm on another thread. Yeah, okay. Um, I just want to (laughs) say back to the book recommendations. 
Oh, sorry, baby. <laughs> in my defense, I'm trying to say something interesting so people will be like, I'm glad I listened. It's, I, I, I don't, well, I'll relax I'm glad now. you think that the book recommendations are not interesting. That's not my point. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. No so problem. the body keeps a score. The which body is, keeps And then I go score. on the same tangent. Yeah. Um, and then the other one isn't specifically on embodiment, but it has the best chapter about embodiment and then everything else about it is perfect. And I've recommended this book several times on this podcast, but it's um, You Belong by Sebene Selassie. And I've been saying her name wrong, which is so embarrassing because she uh, is a Ethiopian person of color who gets her name said wrong often and talks about that. <laughs> and I was one of those people. Um, so it's Sebene Selassie, You Belong. It's so good. And then the other thing I wanted to recommend just to everyone uh, is Tara Brock just recently released a two-parter of her podcast on Embodied Presence. OMG, the best. It's the best. Even if you just listen to part one, it is a chef's kiss. It is totally a perfect summary of everything we talk about here, everything I've learned from her. Um, It's just kind of like if you only listened to or consumed one thing of hers, hers, this is the one. And it's... uh, I'm trying to remember some of the points. Not to to rip it off, but like what were the things that you loved about it? Um, I mean, I feel like it's... There's so much that she... I've heard her say before that, and and this was like a lot of really great new stuff, but it's just about how like the, the reasons we leave our bodies and having compassion, compassion for that. Um, and then the benefits of being in your body and the downsides of just like always being in your head and it being separate. Remember we loved the, um, it, that's when she like talks about like the ant farm tells yeah. the ant farm story. Um, God, now I'm so foggy and I haven't listened. That's to okay. You I, I love like, that that ant farm thing. She got her son an ant farm mm-hmm. and then picked him up from school and he was crying because he saw kids killing ants. Mm-hmm. And I won't extrapolate it in the way that she did, but it really reminded me. Until the age of, I think, 22. No, I think around the age of probably 13. Mm -hmm. If I saw a squirrel getting hit by a car, maybe not 13. I'm not saying that to defend myself, but I don't know the age. Mm -hmm. My mom, if I was on a walk with my mom and I saw a squirrel get hit by a car, she just knew I was going to cry. Like I would just, I would just instantly start crying. And I have a very vivid memory of, I think, probably the last time I saw it. Like, we saw a squirrel running in front of a car. We both knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it felt sort of like, and now we do this. Like, mm-hmm. we all know. Mm-hmm. But it was the most genuine tears. Like, yeah. it, was, it wasn't it was a performance. Because you're connected to that squirrel and you are still connected to your own connection to the squirrel That's and right. to every other thing. That's right. And it wasn't because I had a squirrel farm and had bonded with them. It's just yeah. because like it was too much. Yeah. The the amount of numbing that we do to ourselves. And by the way, I I'm glad that I can see a squirrel get hit by a car now and not lose it. Yeah. And I think that's probably by virtue of a lot of things, knowing that there's, and this is kind of strange to say, but there's so many worse things happening. Mm, mm -hmm. But I think when we start building the little castle wall around the part of us that's sad for squirrels, it blocks out compassion for 
even bigger human things. Like yeah. it's all one compassion. Yeah. Is my point. Yeah. It's all one love. It's all one caring. So it's really hard to be the architect of a system that mm-hmm. says it's okay mm-hmm. for cows or pigs or squirrels or, mm-hmm. or dogs or, you know, people have different lists that mine dogs is they're all, it's all horrible. Mm-hmm. It's hard to architect it. So you go like, but, uh, these people, Tara actually made that point that you and I had made earlier, mm-hmm. which was, I think why hate is so popular is because when you love, you care. And then when you care, your heart is broken constantly. Yeah. So it's so easy to not love, yeah. uh, poor people yeah. or discriminated groups mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if a racist person, I'm going to say living in Montreal, Canada, because the South always gets such a bad rap. Uh, Living in Montreal, a racist person living in Montreal, um, you know, he or she hates all of these different groups. Mm -hmm. It's not an excuse, but I think underneath a lot is because it's, it's too costly to care. If you don't like certain groups, when bad things happen, you don't have to cry when a squirrel gets hit by a car. Yeah. Again, I don't think that's happening consciously. Of course. And it's not an excuse. Yeah. But we don't know how to parcel out compassion, and it's too costly to just have an open heart. You well, can't step over a homeless person sleeping on the street unless, you know, you can't do it. Yeah. If well, you, yeah, go we ahead. have, so I have so many thoughts on this, and I don't want to forget them. Um, yeah, so I think that the we've even kind of talked about this a little bit that the um com- having compassion does seem like it costs too much and this comes up a lot when um when you're teaching if or learning meta practice like it's like which is a practice of compassion having compassion for all beings um and Jack talks about having a compassion that includes everyone, including you. So I think we just don't know how to have a healthy relationship with our compassion in a way that we develop this narrative of being scared of those feelings. Even the whole thing about like it costs too much, your heart will break and and. Uh, us assuming like that's all really bad. Yeah, you're stuff. Ab- you're right on. And so, who told me that it was bad? Yeah, exactly. And so, that was the man upness of the culture that I was raised in. I think. Yeah, and and so you crying in the moments that you would cry seeing a squirrel, you probably moved through it really quickly, yeah. as opposed to seeing a dead squirrel not crying about it, being like, there are lots of worse things, thinking of all those other worse things, and then moving on and not letting any that energy release at all, and then wondering why you have a knot in your shoulder. Like, right. there's, there is nothing wrong with having, I think that, that it's our natural state, and that is proof that it's our natural state to have compassion for things. Yeah. And then in those moments, we just, if we were taught instead to be like, wow, you're really seeing how we share this one life with with all these beings and it is sad when we see you know some beings suffering and can you have compassion for the part of you that feels that like isn't that so lovely and then we get to see as we feel that sadness we get to see the beauty that is a part of that sadness and then feel the safety that comes from that leaning into the connection that we have with all things as opposed to shutting down that sadness because that's not appropriate. And then we're just 
we're just feeling more and more cut off and separated from other living things and from our own reaction and our own bodies. And we're just getting cut off and cut off and cut off until we're totally separate. And feel very and there's alone. A, that's the real cost. Yeah. 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 No, I love what you, I love what you just said. I wish you would just say it again exactly how you said it. <laughs> You're so sweet. No, and, it's great. And it the, isn't too costly if we if we know learn how, how to, to ride the rush of a feeling, honor it. Yeah. And 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 get better at painting with those colors, not being, uh, you know. Um, paralyzed by them mm-hmm. or frozen by them mm-hmm. or, you know, unable to live your life, I guess. is. Yeah. But but that that's the mythology is if you let everything in, you won't be able to live your life. Isn't it possible then, based on what you just said, to break, have your heart break when you see a homeless person? You mm-hmm. have to, one of those terrible situations where you literally have to step over somebody. Mm-hmm. Why not let your heart break? Is it is it yeah. so terrible? Yeah. But it, but what do you say to the mythology that yes it is it'll build up like it'll just you should think about rainbows and and pizzas and and Six Flags amusement park and I mean that's what yeah. we do in our culture like even I, in our neighborhood like uh, being up in Ohio we saw some friends and the first time we went to Ohio it was sort of motivated by partly motivated by the fact that the city was just getting a little bit. Everybody was out all the time, and, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of unbalanced, I don't know how else to say that compassionately, mm-hmm. but there were people like on our street that would like, that were clearly maybe had some mental schizophrenic sort of style issues mm-hmm. that would like sort of accost us and accost Leela. Mm-hmm. And we were like, let's go to the country for a little while. <laughs> yes. And then uh, somebody won uh, mm-hmm. on the platform of helping with homelessness, and then there, and then a lot of those people were gone. Mm-hmm. Of course, in this situation, you go, "I hope they are housed. I hope they are helped. I yeah. hope they're." But there's also a part of you that goes, "Like, are, are they really?" And like, mm-hmm. if you really cared, wouldn't you like look into like where did they go? Mm-hmm. Like when Giuliani bust the homeless people yeah. to Florida or whatever the story yeah. is. Yeah. But we go, isn't that how we deal with our sadness? Like when, when a city cleans up the homeless problem, are they cleaning it up or sweeping it under the rug? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The real tro- troubling question is, do you really care? Because you're doing that with your own, every heartbreaking issue. Yeah. You don't want to deal with the, the sadness of the, the vacation issue, which is so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And people message me about how moving it was your answer. I wish we could. Mm-hmm. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. But you know what? I know I'm talking a lot. That's okay. Yeah. Like you're teaching me that it's okay to go, I wish we could. Yeah. It is sad. It is disappointing to you and to me. And I survived. Yeah. In fact, on the other side of it, I felt more clarity and more rounded appreciation for all of the flavors of life. Yes, absolutely. I think that that is that's exactly what that's the squirrel feeling the squirrel feeling the oneness of everything getting to the sweetness of feeling that like that is you went through that entire process with it yeah and we just watched Leela do this at breakfast we um the wait the waiter came and put food down and Leela went to touch it and the the waiter said uh, oh, hot. careful, it's careful, hot. Careful, it's hot. And that was, she's so like us. We're exactly the same, both of us. That was enough to, like, make her, like, her head went down, and she got so sad. I just saw, like, her facial expression looked 
so sad. And I went, it's just hot, baby. We didn't want you to get hurt. And then the the waiter left. And uh, and I went, Lila, were you, did, was that, were you embarrassed? And she was said, yeah. And I said, I know exactly how that feels. Yeah. Dad knows how that feels. I like, was like, I, yeah, I said, I know how that feels. And I said, do you want a hug or do you want some space? And she always says space. Yeah. She's she, so strong. She really wants space. And she just wants to ride it out. And we had the inner, and we got to watch this and we do, but like, we both had the exact conditioned response that we do for ourselves, which was like, um, do you want do some you food? Want, yeah. Yeah. We were like, do you want some fruit? Do you, do you want some pancakes? Do you want this? And she was like, no, no. And I, and I was like, look at the trees. Aren't the trees pretty? I see. By the way, like, you're doing it when you list them all together. It sounds like we went into like a manic. Yeah, feel. we did. This was over was time. Over with, time. Look, do you she want was feeling sad want? for quite a while. So then after a while, you're kind of like, do you want some fruit? And she's like, no, five minutes. You want to look at the tree? The tree makes me feel yeah, happy. Yeah, it was probably a minute in between each. But yeah. yeah, it wasn't manic, but it definitely was us trying to like make her feel better. And, the, and she had the great wisdom to know that she just needed to sit and be a little bit sad. And, and I think she, you said that. You said you just need to feel sad. And she was like, yeah. Yeah. And then I watched her. We were kind of quiet. We were eating and just sitting and, and quiet. And I kept checking in with her. And I watched, like, her facial expression, and she kind of, like, the waiter came back over or passed, and she, like, gave, like, a furrow brow. Yeah. And she was just sitting and looking around and feeling sad. And And then clearly a little mad, too. A little, little, yeah. (laughs) Or vulnerable or something. And, and like, that was truly, like, five or ten minutes passed, and... And then I like saw her facial expression kind of lighten a little bit. And then she like reached for a blueberry and then yeah. it was over and it was so beautiful how she moved through it. And so my response to, to go back to like, if you let it all in, won't it just build up? Won't it be too much? I would actually say it's getting in whether you realize it or not. Well, and it's only building up unless or if you are not letting it out and releasing you're it. You're so wise. This is really the real juice right here. I mm-hmm. love this so much. And when Leela, by the way, doesn't even have language for all of her emotions. So she's feeling like a, a purer cut yeah. of what emotions are. Yeah. Because uh, Terrence McKenna says English language is like a virus. It, mm-hmm. It's like we don't even see reality anymore. Mm-hmm. We just hang these little tags of concepts on everything. Yeah. And he's like, you're so f- removed from reality. Yeah. But not just with outer space, inner space. We hang a little tag sadness on it when really it's sadness, frustration, and it's words, so, yeah. feelings that we don't have words for. You need a poet to help you. And also, the feeling isn't the word. You know what I mean? Like this is not a pipe. You know that painting? This yeah. is not a pipe. Yeah. And this is not sadness. Yeah. And so she's really probably doing even better than we are. Yeah. Experiencing the pure feeling and letting it run its course. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to say. A waiter saying, don't touch that, it's hot. I mean, I I just grew up in a family of strong people mm-hmm. who could be thrown off their axis in a subtle way uh, by a simple comment like, don't touch that, it's hot. Mm-hmm. Like somebody saying, like, I could hear somebody in my family being like, what are you, my mother? Like that, that mm-hmm. sort of like, it becomes so much more than it was. Yeah. And what is that? Those overreactions, what... What we're talking about now 
is the same thing we talk about when we talk about kink. Mm-hmm. We're talking about making the unconscious conscious. Yeah. And when you have an offense, when somebody does hurt your feelings, I use the example of it hurts my feelings when people go, boom, boom, psh. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. And then I got to a point where I started looking forward to the next one and it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say that I was able to use it and recognize like, oh good, it's happening. Yeah. Smaller, get smaller, get smaller, get smaller, get smaller. Why are you atta- why are you stapling so much to that? Yeah. You're you're judging me, you're discouraging me from making a joke, you're not appreciating me, this isn't safe. Maybe they thought it was just funny. Yeah. You know what and I mean? They were also trying to be funny. Which by the way was what we were thinking watching Succession at night the dad watches his news network mm. and they're telling a story about him mm-hmm. and the bias is his bias. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's all of us. Yeah. At night we all watch the news in our head that recaps our day with our bias. Yeah. Top story tonight, somebody made the da-dum-dum story <laughs> in what critics are calling a disgrace to a safe environment for humor. <laughs> with more joke analysis and safety instructor, Pat Helms. And then I slide in like we <laughs> Weekend update, and I go, there's nothing. And I'm just saying what I already believe back to myself to make myself feel comfortable and safe in my own reality, which is deeply troubling. (laughs) So what I'm saying is the real juice is we have a couple choices then. One, cry when you see the squirrel. Mm -hmm. Get sad when a waiter tells you, uh, don't touch that, it's hot, or whatever the equivalent is for you. For me. Mm -hmm. Feel it now. Or fucking let it overflow in you Mm -hmm. and come out in like erratic anger, Mm -hmm. uh, binge eating, binge porn, Mm -hmm. John Wick marathons as you're fantasizing about people you hate getting shot in the face. Yeah. It comes out. It comes comes out. out. Mm -hmm. I was listening to Richie Rohr and he had such a great take uh, on, I'll tell you guys, if you guys are really hardcore Richie Rohr meaning this isn't like a great uh, intro to Richard, but if you Mm. like theology and Richard, it's called The Great Themes of Paul, uh, and it's on iTunes Bookstore. And he he has this great talk, it's like a series of talks, about um, sin and about what sin is. And he has this great, he goes, sin isn't you doing a bad thing and God is mad. He's like, that's how I was raised and that's how most of us were raised. Sin is what simply doesn't work. Mm. Blew my mind. He goes, Mm -hmm. sin is whenever you try to bond with unreality. And he specifically mentioned, and I don't, I hope you don't mind me telling this story. I, I was having one of those days where someone probably told me, don't touch that. It's hot. Mm -hmm. And it starts to, it starts to build in me. Mm -hmm. It's a thousand of those. And there's 10,000 of them every day. There's always a fresh, micro offense that you can and and by the way I can hear there are people like oh microaggressions microaggressions like Mm. shut the fuck up like Mm. reality is tough deal with it I hear your pain and I hear your fear and I recognize it in myself but I'm speaking from my heart now not my head and not my suit of armor and not even my powerful ego these things are real and they add up and they build up and in me they build up in if I could give my desire to look at porn and just jack it a voice, it's um, no one is taking care of you. Just take care of yourself. Yeah. Even though I clearly everyone that listens to this podcast knows I have 
an unbelievable and safe relationship, mm-hmm. there's still this there's this like coating of soot in my pizza oven mm. from past relationships, my wife leaving me, all mm-hmm. this stuff. So it's like, and also just being given the narrative that your sexuality is evil and you should shit it out whenever you can. Yeah. And uh, sort of a, a disbelief that you actually like having sex with me. You know what mm. I mean? Because why would you like this evil thing? It's the yeah. number one thing that's going to send me to hell. Why would I let you see that? Mm-hmm. I still have to work on that. Mm-hmm. So there's that happening. And then there's the feeling of like, the world isn't safe. Take care of yourself. It's very similar to eating an entire pizza, mm. meaning it, it has nothing. It has almost nothing to do with sex. It has almost everything to do with saying yes to a desire, which, by the way, is what I've noticed food is, too. I don't really want food. I just want to give in to a desire. Mm. So he was talking specifically about um, looking at porn, and he wasn't saying it in any judgmental way. Mm. He was like, I'll try and quote it as accurately as I can. He's like, oh, he goes, some of you are going to go back to your hotel tonight and you're going to get on the internet and look at, he says, it's so sweet. He goes, and look at pictures of naked ladies. (laughs) And I was like, you are the the saint, the patron saint of my heart and my soul. You're going to, you're going to look at pictures of naked ladies and you're going to be so worried that God doesn't like you. And he goes, stop it. Stop it. It's so obvious. Mm. Meaning, looking at pictures of naked ladies is so obvious. It seems like a quick fix. And at times it can feel like a quick fix. Mm. Meaning, there's pictures of naked people that you can look at. It's just obvious. Yeah. But it doesn't work. He's like, you can't have a relationship with two-dimensional images of people on the internet. Mm. And it's not that it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's that that's not where the life and life more abundantly is. Mm. And I said this to Jim Norton once on his radio show. I was like, we need to risk being vulnerable enough to let other people scratch our sexual itches instead of seeing them as something private that we should have the decency, like the puritanical, almost Victorian decency. Do that in the bathroom, darling. You know what I mean? It's like what you do with your poo-poo and your pee-pee, like you animal, you beast, you orangutan. Mm -hmm. Have the vulnerability to say to somebody. It doesn't have to be your partner. I'm not I'm, even that. It can be a casual encounter with yes. somebody that you that you like and that you trust and that you have an agreement with. Uh, you, did that make sense? Yep. Be vulnerable enough to have some relationship yes. with a human being, yeah. with another soul, with another thing that's alive at the same time as you mm-hmm. on this rock mm-hmm. in infinity, in this moment, Join together mm. and and be vulnerable in that way. So yes. what happened was I wasn't like deeply tempted, but nine times out of ten, if I look at porn, it's because I dreamt of uh, I had like sex dreams all mm-hmm. night, and I wake up and I sort of want my reality to mirror my dream reality. Mm-hmm. So if I have a a sex dream, typically I'll either want to have sex, but then this is another voice in my head. It'll go, that's not sex. You're just using Val to masturbate. That's wrong. You should just masturbate if you want to masturbate. Like if you wake up horny in a way that's unrelated to Val, don't take that out on her, which again, I know I'm just trying to share this. So, so people feel solidarity and maybe get something out of it. I'm getting something out of it, sharing it with you. I'm laughing at it with love that that is like, 
As if it's wrong and, to use horniness that just might be for the for the eroticism of nature and reality in my dreams with you yes, to share it with you. As if any sex we've ever had was you taking something out on me. I, I think know. I would feel that. Of course. <laughs> but again, it's shame. It's all this shame yeah. and 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 I'm not well, I think I am being a victim, but I, I'm, I'm trying to do it in an appropriate and balanced way, mm-hmm. uh, meaning there is some victimhood here, mm-hmm. but I'm not trying to use it to have power. Anyway, uh, I hope that made sense. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, meaning I'm not trying to be beta so that, uh, that I'm alpha or I'm cool that I'm sharing this. I'm, I'm trying to be true, true vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, was, I just heard him. I was in the hammock and I was listening to Richie. And then I went into the office, and sometimes I just have a Pavlovian yeah. response to opening the computer, the thing that sometimes makes you jizz, yeah. and I'm going to also write an essay on this. Like, it's <laughs> insane. So I had compassion. I was like, you feel that like little titillation of like, what are you going to do on this machine that can do anything? Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're just checking emails. Relax. <laughs> and then I was like, I, I had, the, had the urge, just, just get, it, get it out of your system. And I said, no. Because that's trying to bond with unreality. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's not bad. It just doesn't work mm-hmm. in the long run. Mm-hmm. He also says you, you can't have a relationship with a body part. He means your dick. Mm-hmm. You can't have a relationship with your dick. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work. That's bonding with this unreality. This, this, mm-hmm. It's literally a fantasy. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. So instead of, of giving in, and also at the same time not being Christian good boy resistance, mm-hmm. what Richard calls willpower Christianity. Mm-hmm. Look, I was a good boy. Instead of just trying to be a good boy and resisting something to get the the Boy Scout badge from the from God, that I, I get the resisted pornography badge mm-hmm. and now I'm deserving of grace. Fuck all that shit. I actually tried to go into spiritual wisdom and going, okay, if that doesn't work, what does that mean? I'm going to sit it out and own the idea that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? We come up here to Ojai. This is the part I hope you didn't mind me sharing. Oh and we had amazing sex. <laughs> and afterwards, we talked about it hours later. I was like, I don't think we would have had that sex. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know we wouldn't have had that sex had I shot my pistol into the air. <laughs> As if starting a horse race. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, there's nothing wrong with shooting my pistol in the air, but it's not life and life more abundantly. And you want to talk about the sine wave, uh, sine wave of remembering and forgetting, remembering and forgetting. That is exactly what I remember and forget, remember and forget. Yeah. Also, bonding with unreality is reading Twitter at replies and believing them. Yeah. This whole structure of unreality yeah instagram influencers and believing that they're better than you that's bonding with unreality that's a definition of sin yeah that we're all sort of soaking in mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with your morality it's it's just a condition that's happening yeah it's just what it's just it's a it's 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 the collective unconscious is a better way to look at it yeah I think there's something to, I, I, I love that you shared that and you said so many beautiful things. The, yeah, the vulnerability piece really quick on that is like, it's the same thing as let yourself feel sad for the squirrel. Open up to that sadness and to the, the connection. And through that, you will feel whole and safe and connected to everything. 
So the same thing goes with the vulnerability, like kind of like no risk, no reward, meaning don't risk being vulnerable with somebody who, who you don't feel safe with. But if you feel safe and you are allowing yourself to be vulnerable with somebody, then you're really going to get a much larger payoff yeah. than like scratching an itch because it was actually connecting. It was actual connection. And it wasn't just like, Oh, sex is dope. Like we were connecting. Yeah. Like it was connection sex. Absolutely. It was one, one inning. It was beautiful. Yes. And it can be, it can be all the things, but it happened to be very spiritual and very other things. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that was like, we were talking about, uh, many episodes ago, the difference between like sex, like, you know, with, with using jerking off as the example, but like of just like kind of dominating and getting it done and being like very masculine minded sex to the more like feminine, erotic feeling, all of the body parts feeling it. Like I really, you want to talk, go ahead. I really, no, I really like, I told you there was, this was a, a couple this was a while ago, but when we had had more erotic sex. I thought you were going to say this is a couple bones ago. Yeah. Do you remember what happened before that sex? That you were in the hammock in in your body and... I, I yeah. took my shirt off. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Don't get too excited. <laughs> I took my shirt off in the hammock in the backyard. We have a very little backyard. It's about the size of a Honda CRV. <laughs> and But there's room for a little hammock that we got on Amazon. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so meek. I got in the hammock. I took off my shirt. I was sitting in the sun, mm-hmm. I, especially as a vegan. You know, I, I take ritual vitamins. Obviously, they have D3, but uh, the sun is also a good place to get vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So I try to get at least 15 minutes of direct sunlight every day. So I'm in the sun. And I had like a... It felt very feminine. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Probably because it was embodied. Feeling the sun going into me, mm-hmm. my whole point is that the whole fucking universe is erotic. Yeah, the sun traveled all of that distance to penetrate my skin. <laughs> yeah, the the trees around me are exhaling what I, <laughs> you get it. I'm breathing in what they excrete. The yeah. whole thing mm-hmm. is fucking it's erotic. erotic. Yep. I'm eating food. I'm masticating it. I'm swallowing it. Mm-hmm. Dirty bird and then shitting it like that all of it's just like coming through me and out of me and into me and that's what that's what yes. this whole thing is yeah that's what everybody is doing right now yeah you think you're just listening to a podcast you are in relationship whether or not you are in your unconscious or your psyche or your mind or not you are in relationship yeah so in that hammock the sun and it doesn't it, this is the only time it ever did that. Started to just like fill me with like warmth and like mm. prana. Like I started to, mm-hmm. and Val, I'm pretty sure my first instinct was was go jerk off. Mm-hmm. It was like I have all of this animal instinct, go jerk off. Yeah, because that's still in me. That's that's what decent people do. <laughs> I used to have that joke. Uh, we don't masturbate for us. We masturbate for you, mm-hmm. meaning women, because if we don't. We go to the grocery store and we're like, ah, like too, uh, not, it wasn't like too aggressive, too, too aggressive, but just too flirty, yeah. too, ah, hey, yeah. how are you doing? Like we do it to pour water on the fire. That's a really fucked up way to look at the gift of, of sexual energy. Well, and then that is also the difference between like, 
like almost like head horny and body horny (laughs) or something like masculine versus feminine where it's like, actually, I think the like aggressive and by aggressive, I mean like riding a loud car up a residential street kind of like. Yeah. That kind of aggressive machismo. That's a, that's a head trip. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and and jerking off to take care of it because it's too, it's too much otherwise. I think that all comes from sexual repression. I think what you and what happened. It's I don't want to cry at the squirrel and I don't want to feel horny either. Exactly. It's like, yeah. but if I can actually open to it and be like, what does this feel like in my body? That's what I did. And which is what you did. And then, and then. Oh, you, I know you know that. And then when you share it, it's not too much or aggressive it's it's like very loving and open and delicious <laughs> yeah hilarious um no i know what you mean i i it was a little too vulnerable yeah. to call it delicious but I'm sorry. i no, i'm only making fun of my my comedy instincts kick in and i'm like we should make fun of delicious but it was yeah if we were at a if we were at the omega institute or we were at esalen i'd have no problem saying it was delicious on a comedy podcast it's a little bit weirder but i'm i'm but owning we it. made it weird we made it weird every week on fridays <laughs> but yes i in that moment i don't remember did i text you or something uh, no, I think I came back or something. I don't know. Now, it was now just, this feels vulnerable to be like, how did it start? Yeah, <laughs> I, It was just such a... It was bonding with reality yeah. instead of bonding with unreality. Yeah. And what is more unreality than basically jerking off to my inner news program? Yeah. The, in a repeating story that we've run many times, bouncing large breasts are deeply erotic. <laughs> For more on it, here's Jerky Steve. <laughs> I like the way they jiggle. Thank you, Jerky Steve. Apparently, we, <laughs> we have come and we don't need any more from Jerky Steve. I like the way they jiggle. I like the way they jiggle. And now Sleepy Steve is asleep on the news desk. <laughs> They're all named Steve. Yeah. Um, no, Jerky Steve became Sleepy oh, Steve. Oh, I see. Yes, yeah. yes, of course. Um, I do want to say, though, just to just to add in the piece that I know you have. So this is like the mindfulness wing and then the compassion wing. So, yes, the mindfulness is like, is it working? It's not working. Can I channel this energy someplace else and maybe not jerking off in that moment or whatever? Now let's introduce the compassion for... For the times that you inevitably still will choose to jerk off. Yeah. Even if it doesn't work. And that's absolutely understandable and okay. Well, and that's there's no shame in it. Yep. And there's this idea of, like, um, I think it's, is it Thich Nhat Hanh? I I don't know. There, there's an old Buddhist saying from a Buddhist master that says, um, when you're sitting, know that you're sitting. I'm pretty sure it's Thich Nhat Hanh. When you're Han. drinking water. Tick not Han. Tick not Han. Tick not Han. Yeah, I'm just saying. Tick like, not Sperry Farm. I'm just saying Tick not Han. Tick not Sperry Farm. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, so, so it is kind of like can you just bring some mindfulness into it, being like, Yes. Oh, Val. If you're jerking it, know that you're jerking it. And can you do it in a loving, open, embodied way even? Yeah. And then maybe you can't and just know that you're not. Like, Val, this is the only reason what Richard said 
had an impact on me was because it was completely devoid of any, like, if you don't, you won. I remember my youth pastor, which was a very well-meaning and sweet man. He said, Jesus isn't up in heaven going, oh, no, he did it again. He's up there rooting for you. Like, come on, Pete, you can do it. Mm. You can resist or whatever it is. And I was like, that fucking sucks, dude. Like, I get it. Like, even as I said, it it sounds kind of sweet. But that's just because it's familiar to me. Yeah. How about, I don't know what you tell a teenage boy. It's difficult. Uh, <laughs> but Richie's thing wasn't like, that's why my favorite part was like, it's so obvious. Yeah. Relax. Like, uh-huh. who cares? It's not that it's bad. It's that it doesn't work. And by work, we mean lead to life and life more abundantly. Mm-hmm. So if I do it. It's fine. Who cares? And if anybody does it, who? and that's what Ramdas said to me, by the way. Boy, I'm a little bit embarrassed how much I talk about jerking it. But that was clearly my issue. And I've sat at the feet of many spiritual masters and talked to them about it. I asked Richie Rohr about it mm-hmm. on the first time he was on. Um, anyway, that I one time was on a low dose of an unspecified drug experience And I tried in the shower to jerk it mindfully Mm. because one of the things I love about unspecified drug experiences in the, in the hallucinogenic microdose world is that it immediately drops you into your body. Mm. At least in my case, uh, you don't have to try to remember that you have thighs or knees or feet. You just feel like Michelangelo carved you out of stone Mm. and you're just walking around as one thing, but even your liver and your stomach, it's all incorporated. Mm -hmm. What a clue that is when your brain is like given this sort of mystical assistance, you become embodied. So because I was so in my body, I was like, I better feel fantastic to Mm -hmm. jerk it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I did, I started being like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Not in a bad way. Mm -hmm. It just became very clear that I was just giving a dick a handy. And I was like, I'm not judging this. I just literally couldn't do it. Because when I went into my brain to watch the, the, the TV show that tells me the narrative that allows me to do this, mm-hmm. it just gave me nothing. It just gave me just the present moment. Yeah. Whereas we have had friends who have had large doses of unspecified, well, I, it's them, large doses of LSD. And they told, told me a story about jerking off to pornography in a glorious way because they had love for everything. Yeah. And they wanted to watch like the trashiest, mo- meaning not like artsy and not just like sh- get it f- as fake as possible, blown out hair, mascara, weird guy with tattoos. Just show me that. that. Yeah. Take me to the carnival. Yeah. And I want to jerk off not just to the porn, but to the. Look at the things that come out of the mouth of the endless undulating river. Mm-hmm. It includes mm-hmm. very neon bright kind of trash, trashy porn. Yeah. I only say trash in the way that like Jersey Shore is trash. Just sort of like bright and mm-hmm. it's the BK broiler of, of pornography. It's Six Flags. It's Six Flags or uh, Thich Nhat Berry Farm. <laughs> Oh my God! You brought We're it back. Fun. I brought it back. Yeah, Ma- but Mama, just so much appreciation for you. I, oh, I know you. I'm, I'm talking a lot. I, the only way I saw through my my tiredness was to throw it into fifth gear. <laughs> I didn't think two or three or four would work. So here I am in fifth gear, doing this podcast, and I will calm down after. But I do want to say, like, holy shit! No, I get lots of messages about how you're helping people. Hmm. 
and you're so wise and you're really helping me in a huge way. It's just Aww. great to live with this enlightened cat. Yeah, right. Meow. Meow. <laughs> Thank you, It's an Eckhart Tolle quote. He says, I've lived with many enlightened beings, most of them cats. Yeah, I love that. I, I think you aren't talking too much and you are saying some really beautiful things and and we don't I mean I feel like we don't talk about sexuality that much maybe it's, it's been a while I bet it's been it's 20 episodes been, yeah but it really is just one of those things where if you could real this is my perspective you could really take all of these things that we talk about all of the books we recommend all of the stuff that we are collecting and the spiritual um, like world and and all these these deep thoughts that we have, and you could really just throw them in the garbage and remember one thing, which is to try and be more embodied. Yeah. Just remember your body when you forget, and you'll find, as I have found, that everything else just sort of falls into place. Completely agree. It's funny, last week I talked about um, getting more and more interested in in DMT, which I've never done, but since then, I've I've been wondering, like, Shane Moss, so I called Shane and he was like, uh, this goes back to the embodied thing. Yeah. Um, He was like, just know, like, if the people that smoke DMT, sometimes, like, a week later, they'll be walking down the street and they'll be like, is this real? Mm. I know that makes you a little flippy in your stomach. I hope that was okay. That's okay. Because... There's a thing that people do that makes them question reality. I've just gotten in the practice of going like, wait, is this real? Mm-hmm. I was playing, so the place we have has a pool, and I was playing dinosaurs with Lee in the pool. And just that moment of going, is is this real? The answer is, is yes, mm-hmm. as real as things are real. And <laughs> it drops me into the, into the moment in the yeah. same way, do I have hands? Mm-hmm. Drops you into the moment. Yeah. It was just another... It's the same thing that I'm fascinated with about lucid dreaming, which is one of the reasons why I think um, psychedelics are are so appealing to me is because I love lucid dreaming. Mm -hmm. Why do I love lucid dreaming? Is because it makes me ask while I'm awake, am I dreaming? Mm -hmm. And when you ask yourself, am I dreaming? Mm -hmm. So the DMT thing is just another iteration of am I dreaming? Yeah. I think it's fun. I know it can be a little bit whooshy for you, so I'm Mm -hmm. not going to go too into it. Mm -hmm. But am I dreaming? Yeah. I'm playing with Leela. Is this a dream? Mm -hmm. And I have to lean in, and I see the sunlight going through her eyelashes. Yeah. And I smell Mm. her. She always smells like strawberry Strawberry. cake. Strawberry cake. Always. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If she showered, if she, like, it it has nothing. Her Her pheromones just smells like strawberry strawberry cake. cake. (laughs) Exactly strawberry cake. And I, 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 I smell the strawberry cake and I smell the chlorine and I feel my skin and I feel my hands. The check in, if you don't know how to be embodied, another way to say it is Am I dreaming? Just do it right now. Mm. You could so be having a dream that you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. You think your subconscious can't do an impression of this? Mm. I pretty much say five things. <laughs> it knows how to do it. It knows Val's laugh. It knows how to bake it. <laughs> Boom, you, you're dropped into the into the moment. Yeah. Am I dreaming? And Richie says the whole thing is accepting that you're accepted. The ego doesn't want to believe Mm. The, the ego wants to believe that Jesus is up there going, come on, you can do it. Mm. Don't look at hustler.net. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why it's mm-hmm. .net. 
because the ego would rather have the challenge of winning God's affection. Yes. It doesn't, the whole thing, Richie has said this many times, is accepting that you are accepted. Yep. That's, accepting that you're that's accepted. That's like Tara Brock's Trusting the Gold, which Trust is her new book. And she has another podcast uh, that just came out recently, a podcast episode that was her talking about the book. I think it was the official book release. Uh, and that's exactly it, that it's like so much just stems from this, the trance of unworthiness is what she calls it. Yeah. Um, and, and when we were talking about, oh. Oh, no, go ahead. When we're talking about the way that not letting yourself feel sadness for a squirrel, when I think about atrocious things that happen, mm-hmm. I'm one, you, it doesn't take much imagination to go, did the person that did that atrocious thing, and you could pick one of a million, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's, it makes sense to me, uh, obviously we can't know, that it probably wasn't a person that was allowing themselves to f- cry at a squirrel yeah. or feel sad for a thing. That... That is how far it can go. Yeah. You become a robot. Mm-hmm. And robot, or you become a, like a corporation. Yeah. You become a collection of ideas. Mm-hmm. That's why training is such a scary thing. The way that you can be inducted into an ideology mm-hmm. that pushes out, don't cry when you see a squirrel. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not, this isn't me winking at like the army or anything like that. I'm, I'm saying families do this yeah. and you become induct, inducted into an ideology. And I think the key to so much more compassion, at least on the small scale is it's so much quieter now that you turn the Sorry air. Sorry that we had that air on. No, it's just making me self-conscious about my voice, Oh, but feeling it, in real fucking time. I had the image of like, we have water and we're pouring it like through like shelves of a, like a beekeeper. Mm. You know, you have those drawers Mm -hmm. and each one has like a, has a filter, like a screen door filter. Mm -hmm. And we're pouring water through 50 of those filters Mm -hmm. and it comes out the bottom and suddenly it's green Mm -hmm. or it's an ooze or it's a pus or it's dark and gross or, or maybe it doesn't even make it out. Mm-hmm. That's even worse. It's yeah. so filtered, the water doesn't even get out the bottom. Yeah. So you've lost your connection yeah. to yourself. Mm-hmm. I would like us all, my my prayer, my hope for everybody listening and for me uh, and for you, Val, obviously, is to just have clean water. Yeah. I felt shame. I felt anger. I felt embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about that before, but it's such a helpful thing in our relationship to be able to say, sorry, I snapped. I was just embarrassed yep. or yeah. sorry, I snapped. I I'm just feeling ashamed. Yeah. What is this fantasy that if we get too touchy feely, we'll lose our inner John Wayne. We'll lose our strength. Clean water can do fucking anything. That's it. It's what you want is resilience. You don't want the, the, the John Wayne image of like, nothing gets to me because now I've blocked completely my, I've, I've cut off my body and I've built such an armor that I can't feel anything. 
Like that has that how might- many how many examples do we need to see in TV and just in our parents and people that we know to see like that doesn't work. Right. What is actually strong is the fucking ocean, a, like water that can l- flow with right. anything right. and can move and is unaffected because it's actually molding to the experience. Right. Or being so pressurized and pure that it can break a rock. That's a Bruce Lee thing. He's like, be like water. Yeah. Yeah. You can move, but you can also break a rock. Yeah. Like, which is it? It's both. Yeah. It's what Gandhi said. Make yourself zero and your power is invincible. It's not build up all these identities and these roles and these expectations and these filtration systems on your honest feelings. So you can, what, be a cowboy Mm -hmm. in a a, a saloon filled with other people that are so blocked that they start shooting at each other? Yeah. That's that's literally our fantasy is like, he took care of business. We need better. So when I've been falling asleep lately... We all know about my, most of us know about my sleepy sniper. I love like thinking of being in a bird's nest and just being really safe and covered in like fake jungle stuff and just having a sniper rifle and being safe. Like it calms my animal mind, the sleepy sniper. And, uh, and I've lately been trying to be like, can I have a calm, compassionate image? Can I be, just pretend to be a monk walking through a marketplace and being unaffected, can that be calming to me? Mm. Because that like shoot first, ask questions later mentality mm. is a byproduct of, of, of the culture, but also the culture is a byproduct of our inner state. And our inner state is this overly filtered, over narrativized nonsense. You're right. I do sound like Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> we watched a clip of Russell Brand and she was like, he's you, he's, you're him. He's British you. Um, I, I just wanted to say that the element of compassion is so important in this too, because first of all, for those of you who are new to embodiment, if you, I think a really great, you said asking, am I dreaming? Um, if that isn't your style or just another way that would also work is, can I feel my hands? Can I feel the aliveness in my hands? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I know I have hands? And just moving up and doing like a body scan. And for those of us who are new to embodiment, you may find that a lot of parts of your body feel very numb, that it's really hard to feel your body. Um, that's completely normal. That's not specific to you. That's really common. That's years and years of being cut off from your body, which almost all of us have been. Um, so just being really patient and compassionate that it's a very slow road. And also if you're doing work and being embodied, it's important to know that, um, you have to take it at the body's pace and the body's pace is way slower than the head's pace. Mm. So just to allow it to be slow, And really gentle. And as Tara puts it, you wouldn't have left if there wasn't something in there that you were afraid to face. Mm. So just being really, really kind and slow and um, resourcing by grounding, resourcing by having a therapist with you, um, you know, reading books, doing research, just taking it really slow and being really kind. Because the problem is, when we try to feel our feelings, if we don't have the compassion element, it that is when you get into 
well, it's too much. The world is too much. Then I, my heart is broken every second, or I realize that like everything just feels overwhelming and flooding and you can flood your system. Mm. So that's why uh, another thing Jennifer, my therapist says is all feelings want to be cradled. Mm. Um, Jack also says all feelings just want respect. So really just, you see the dead squirrel, you have the feeling and then nurturing the feeling and being like, thank you for reminding me that I'm connected um, and, and being like we were with, with eventually <laughs> after trying a couple different things that didn't work, uh, being with Leela and being like, do you need space? That's a great thing to say to a feeling. Do you need space right now? Yeah. Um, and just giving it the space that it needs. And then you can return back to the moment. You can look at the trees, you can do whatever, not to distract yourself, but to just remind yourself that, okay, the squirrel died. We saw that. We felt it. And now it's over. So yeah. you're not carrying it with you. That's right. Um, so those are just some things I wanted to say about embodiment because I could say a million other things about it. And it definitely is worth listening if you're interested listening to, to really anything Tara says. She incorporates embodiment in everything How do you find she says. that podcast? You just search Tara Brock in your podcast apps. It's just a Tara Brock podcast. Or you can go to tarabrock.com. And they're all on there too. Okay. Um, so it's good to do research on it before you just like totally try. But if, but something really easy is feeling your hands and your feet. I like feeling my feet because it feels grounding, um, which is important for that. I love it. I could, I mean, I clearly do talk about it constantly. Like, yeah. And that doesn't mean that I'm in my body all the time either. I definitely leave. It's just a practice and, and Tara mentions this too, like the, you're just trying to shorten the lag time between forgetting and remembering. Mm, that's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole thing. What was that hard laugh we had? Um, which, where, where were we? I remember you fern. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> I did not. You laughed that hard you fern? Well, you, it, we were laughing at a fart that you had. I prefer a fart that you made. <laughs> That you created. Yeah. Um, Is that all it was? No. It, it's This happens so frequently where you say something funny. We both laugh. Then you have the weirdest fart laugh. Like you're, I you laugh can, and the fart comes out in the, in in the rhythm of the laugh. Yes. Yeah. And that always gets us. Well, ever, since I had a baby, it's harder to hold them in. Shut <laughs> <Why> up. <laughs> I just mean like clearly that's something I've said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then sometimes we'll laugh so hard at the fart that you had that I will fart. And then that's, that's a big laugh because that rarely happens. That's our favorite. Um, but you don't remember what we were laughing at? Uh, it's okay. I wish I could. I feel so like it's, I'm fogged. Yeah. It's so I'm hard London to fog raincoats over here. Um, well, this is great. Let's get the out of here. Yeah. I just want to say the other, it is so funny that this was what I started to say at the beginning. So we got the, the, message about book recommendations for embodiment, which ended up being kind of the whole theme of this episode. So thank you for that question. And then somebody else asked a beautiful question about books on parenting, specifically dealing with generational, um, like ending generational stuff mm. and just being able to like be present with your kid. Uh, and there's a great book for that that I've maybe recommended before called Conscious Parenting by Shafali. I don't know how to say her last name and I don't want to get it wrong. But if you just put 
Is it Conscious Parenting or The Conscious Parent? I think it's The Conscious Parent. The Conscious Parent by Shafali. It's like T-S-A-B-U-R. Introduction by the Dalai Lama. That's how you find the right one. Um, And it really does talk about like noticing when your child is doing something that's triggering you, like using mindfulness to be like, why is this triggering to me? And so often it's like, because I wasn't allowed to feel these feelings Mm. in my house or, Mm -hmm. you know, so it really does end generational stuff. And it really argues that like, there's, it's not like a parenting method, like so many books are. It's just like, try as much as you can and as often as you can to be present for your children because that's really what will do it and I I just heard I can't remember where but this beautiful quote from Carl Jung it probably was from Tara's podcast episode um that's like the it's like the I'm gonna get it wrong but it's a Carl Jung quote I want to look it up because okay. I don't want to get it wrong. It's about parenting. Who are we listening parenting. to? Well, Mr. Rogers says everything comes down to love or the lack of it. Um, and then who were we listening to that said that love is attention? That's Tara's, that's that episode. That's the ant farm argument. Oh, that, that he paid attention to the ants and that led to love. Yeah. So like love or the lack of it leads to everything. Mm-hmm. And what is love? Love can be... I think most clearly digested by a child by attention. Exactly. And how do you pay attention? You pay attention by being conscious or by being present. Yep. And this is the quote that, which is perfectly aligned. Um, the greatest burden a child must bear is the unlived life of a parent. Brutal. Isn't that amazing? Like, and she, she even specified when she said it, um, that it's, you know, not just like, I wanted to be a musician or something and I didn't do it. It's not, it's not as simple as that. It's like, are you living life right now in this moment or are Mm. you in a complete virtual reality? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it happens every day just for solidarity for parents. It happens every day where I realize that like I'm supposed to be playing with Leela. I'm sitting in a pile of her toys and she's playing and doing something so cute. And I am like, completely zoned out and not there at all. It helps to live with, uh, with an Ewok to remember to be present. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because you're really, the Ewok is doing some really amazing stuff. Yeah. So some, uh, understanding to people that maybe don't have a beautiful Ewok in their house. But also, even if you do, my point is I have this beautiful Ewok and and I I, still will do it. So still will still will. I still will. Another great parenting book that doesn't necessarily go into that, um, but is really wonderful, is The Whole Brain Child by Dan Siegel and Tina Payne. Tina Fey? I know. Uh, Well, thanks. Yeah. And also, I have a poem. Great. Poem. Should I put on the music? Yeah. Get get queued up. Um, If you're not following, um, poetry is... Wait, hang on. Poetry is not a luxury on Instagram. You should definitely do that. And this was posted. Um, and then my sweet, wonderful friend, Louisa, who has a great podcast called sober sex that I did an episode of, um, sent this to me and it's so perfect. And it's one of those short, but profound ones. So interesting. Okay. (laughs) I just saw Iris and Lila walk by, so they're doing something with the trash. Okay, cool. All right, here we go. 
called the mercy. So much depends upon forgetting much, for our earliest yearnings never abandon us. The stroke that wipes out memory is another word for mercy. Wow. Yeah. The stroke that wipes out memory is another word for mercy? Yeah. That's like, remember I talked to Shane? I know. This happened said, the day, she sent me this the day you told me that. Wow. And I, I forgot to tell you because we have a million synchronicities a day. I had a great conversation with Shane Moss. I've referenced it already. Um, but he was like, forgetting is the unsung hero of the brain. Yep. It's like one of the main functions of the brain is to choose what to forget. Yeah. And people are like, I wish I could remember. I wish I could remember. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? Right on. You can yes. have, you can even have compassion and love for the for your- forgetting mechanism that's sparing you. Yeah. Everything you saw in a day. Yes. That it needed to remember for that day. And then it deletes it. What mercy. That's right. It's the mercy. And it's just a reminder, because we've been kind of all about the body this episode, not to then turn your aggression towards your brain. I always say, we're not trying to go from living from the neck up to only living from the neck down. Like yeah. You want, well, you to, want the both. You want the both, and you can have well, compassion that's... for both, that they are they're doing what they believe is best to keep you alive at all times. That's right. That's a, it's for another chat, but Richie also was talking about like, it's, it's, it's crucifixion as, and resurrection. It's embracing and working with suffering yeah. and, uh, good and great things coming and, and, and completion and wholeness. Yeah. But he's like, so many churches are just resurrection and he's like, and a lot of, he said, a lot of Catholic churches are just crucifixion. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Which I thought was funny. All um, right. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody. Yeah, this was fun. This was great. We always find it because we love it. Thanks for sharing it with us. Keep, Keep it crispy, crispy. motherfucker.